Section 2 of the Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase. Section 2 The Word of God. The doctrine of the Logos, the Word, appears throughout all scriptures, and it is concretely stated in the first chapter of the Gospel of St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him through the Word, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him the word was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light, the word, shineth in darkness of ignorance, and the darkness comprehended it not. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt, literally tabernacled or pitched his tent among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What was that glory but the manifested word of the will of God, shining forth in words of light and illustrated in the holy, selfless life of the perfect man, all aflame with the divine spirit of God? No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he, the incarnate word, hath declared him. Man, made after his image, is the highest expression of God in the world of being. When the invisible word, the creative power of God, becomes revealed through a prepared man and is transmuted through him into the spoken or written word, it is incarnated, made flesh, and is visible to man because it has descended into his plane of existence. When the same hidden word enters into the one fitted to receive it and becomes the sole light and power of his life, it is incarnate, revealing itself through the temple of his body, from which its glory radiates in every word and deed. That body is the throne on which it is seated and from which its proclamations are given the human instrument of revelation, being then identified with the Word, which is the manifested Spirit of God, is also called the Word or Manifestation, because he is the personification of that Word to mankind. The Spirit and the Word mean the divine perfections that appeared in the reality of Christ. The holy reality of the Word of God is in the condition of the pure, fine, and shining mirror, the heat, the light, the image and likeness, that is to say, the perfections of the Son of Reality appear in it. That is why Christ says in the Gospel, the Father is in the Son, that is to say, the Son of Reality appears in the mirror. Abdu'l-Baha, Some Answered Questions, page 240. Man is the word speaker. He is taught by words. He communicates his ideas, wishes, and will by words. 
His accomplishments on earth result from his words. He trains the most subtle powers to carry his words to the end of the world. He records them on stone, wax, parchment, and paper, that future generations may not utterly forget him. All this is that man may understand God's method of communicating his will and may receive the teaching of his higher attributes by means of the uttered word. In order that it may reach man, it is revealed through human mouthpieces. God hath spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. Acts 3.21, Luke 1.70 And when the time arrived for the coming to birth of the kingdom of God among men, the incarnate word was called his only begotten, his Son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 What wonderful, what beautiful teaching! God was not angry with mankind as some have taught. How could they teach so with these words flaming before their eyes? Was not the whole burden of Jesus' teaching love the love of the Father, and that man should love God and love man his neighbor? How could man love an angry God, a wrathful monarch? No, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, the incarnate Word, that whosoever accepted him, believed in him, should have everlasting life. That representative of divine love, whose whole life was love, was not given to suffer anguish in the place of man, to be rejected, scorned, and crucified, to bear the deserved punishment of men's sins, and thus placate an offended father? Truly, he suffered all these things because of the sins of men, but it was through the wrath of man, not of God his Father. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 9.27.3.17 He never condemned the poor, ignorant sinners, blind from their birth. He said to them, Go and sin no more. And in the very depth of degradation and suffering poured upon him, he cried, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His fatal and awful condemnations were only for the mighty, the learned, the false guides, the blind leaders of the blind, the priestly revilers of the word of God. It is related that the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, Luke 5.1, because man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Deuteronomy 8.3, Matthew 4.4, 4, Luke 4.4. 4. He said, To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. What is meant by believing in him, if it be not to believe the word he spoke? the word of the Father poured forth from his blessed lips for the uplifting of men, and to bring all who believed in him into the kingdom of God, new-born, new creatures, sons of God, and heirs to the glorious bounties of the kingdom of heaven? To believe on him meant also to recognize him as the messenger and son of the Most High, and that belief followed the acceptance of his word. The Word of God 
is the key to immortality. It is the bearer of eternal life. It is the instructor in knowledge of God, that man may know and love him, may become his son, be one with him as the iron with the magnet, and be heir to his kingdom, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. 1 Peter 1.23 When the iron is in the fire, it loses its hard, black, cold qualities. Being filled with the fire, it becomes soft, fluent, glowing and fiery. It can say, I am one with the fire, I in the fire, and the fire in me, I and the fire are one. Thus is man who is born of the Spirit. He is a new creature, transformed because transmuted by the elixir of the word, which changes the copper of his nature into the pure gold of another and loftier state, known as eternal life or immortality, a condition of oneness with the Spirit of God and sonship to him. This is the true image or likeness of God. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3 2 this resurrection from a lower to a higher station, this new birth, rejoices the psalmist when he exclaims, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Psalm 17.15 This is immortality, not merely continued existence. Even the Satans have that. But an eternal oneness with life itself, the true one, whom to know is life eternal. Jesus said, This is the will of my Father, that every one that beholdeth the Son, and believeth on him, should have eternal life. John 6.40 The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. John 6.63 Such statements fill the New Testament, and are in accord with the divine teachings of all time, namely, that the word of God is the giver of light, the teacher and guide of men to eternal life, the creator of new hearts and right spirits, the revelation of God. In Genesis, the book of creation, it is written, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, the word, Let there be light, and there was light. It is the same story, not necessarily an account of the creation of physical light, but rather of the real creation which occurs to every man in whom a new heart is created and a right spirit renewed. He is dead in ignorance and chaos. Darkness is upon the face of his soul, until the word of God enters into him and says, Be light. Then comes a dawning, an awakening, a dayspring, a resurrection within him. He is recreated, born again, begotten of the Spirit, a son of God. It is always accomplished by the word be, and it is. 
by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Psalm 33.6 His heavens are also created in the hearts of those who love and serve him. The kingdom of heaven is within you. This recognition of the word and perception of light is the first step man takes toward the divine destiny, the heavenly manhood, which God his Father has made possible for him, and to which he invites him in each one of his supreme commands. God is the Lord who hath showed us light. Psalm 118.27 The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. Psalm 119.130 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Psalm 119.105 Lo, all these things worketh God oftentimes with man, to bring back his soul from the pit, to be enlightened with the light of the living. Job 33.29 And the nations of them that are saved shall walk in the light. Revelation 21.34 End of section 2 Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater Recorded in London, England